coven if you find you want more missing witches and this strange magic in your life get our book we poured our heart and brains and minds and all the magic we could find into it we'd love to know what you think and new in the missing witches universe multiverse amy and i are hosting monthly circle gatherings over on patreon our patreon is full of all kinds of sweetness there's special audio there from guests and from amy and i and now that there's these monthly circles which we're also recording and sharing and they're just rad they're just fucking magical places full of magical people who love this project of feminist history and are coming together to bring their questions and their stories and their support it's a really powerful coven we feel really lucky to be there and we would really love for you to join us our patreon is pay what you can so whatever feels good for you we're not doing tiers or levels sign up and and you get all the goodness and we hope to hang out with you and share some magic soon that's patreon.com slash missing witches you aren't being a proper woman therefore you must be a witch you must be a witch Happy Letha to the Missing Witches Coven. It's the summer solstice. We are strong and powerful. So I thought that it would be very interesting to get some very strong and powerful people to join us today in a sort of conventional way of thinking about strong and powerful. And that is the witches of earthbound so i'll let you two introduce yourselves hi risa risa can you say hi to the coven hi coven thanks everybody for being here and thanks especially to tanya and sky from earthbound we're really just so excited to embrace their wisdom about the power in all of our bodies our strange diverse and broken and beautiful and powerful and flourishing and connected and deeply connected bodies um these witches these these magic makers these community makers are really living at the forefront of that work and it's just something that we want to learn about and talk about so much so we hope you're excited to join us and feel yourselves in your body shake your shoulders shake your asses a little bit as we get into this for Lisa. So let's start with uh, Tanya. Tanya, can you start by introducing yourself and maybe a little bit about the project and then Sky can fill in the gaps for us? Sure. I just got like a surge of like emotions. I'm about like, just like from like joy, like from what you were just saying, um, to be living in this moment now, especially in this project is, is really beautiful to be experiencing. So thank you for having us, uh, on this podcast. So my name is Tanya. My pronouns are she or, and her, uh, or they. Now I am the president of Earthbound Futures now that it is a nonprofit organization. And what I bring to the project is uh, mainly it started as being the driving force, the motor, and uh, bringing in the platform of wrestling and storytelling and performance, bringing community together, trying to, understanding, learning about it and implementing it as much as I could through the medium of uh, wrestling and storytelling. Yeah, Tanya, I also felt this surge of my heart is beating with excitement and like feeling very honored by that introduction. Thank you. Um, I'm really happy to be here. My name is Sky. Uh, these days, pronouns, I'm feeling they, them, but just kind of feel like fuck gender in general, you know, it can switch around, but these days it's the they, them that I'm going with. I am tuning in from the West coast of so-called Canada on a small island in unceded coast Salish territory. And uh, I have been collaborating and working with Tanya for, I was talking about it just before how many years we've sort of been creating art and doing weird, wild, queer stuff together for probably seven, eight years. And Earthbound started, I guess, about six years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It began as a a collective of of artists who we were all sort of queer performance artists that wanted to explore how wrestling could be a medium for storytelling, right? And we really wanted to bring in theater, queer sort of identity and politics into the ring, right? And we all felt that there was this really powerful thing about seeing like 
non, you know, heteronormative storylines being played out in the ring, different kinds of bodies, femmes, you know, queers uh, taking up space in the ring, especially, I mean, Tanya comes from, you know, the wrestling world a lot more than I do. So maybe she can speak more to this, but, you know, really reclaiming that space because so much of mainstream wrestling is about sort of, yeah, heteronormative storytelling, really macho sort of simplistic storylines. You know, there's a lot of homophobia, you know, any sort of representation of femmes and women is sort of in a very specific male gazy kind of way. And we really wanted to reclaim that and just explore what it means to tell stories in the ring. And and I think something that's really powerful too that we brought in that's unique is the sci-fi aspect. So taking sort of a queer futures imagination to taking it to the max of like where can we go with storytelling we've been using wrestling more as like a metaphor you know like a powerful Mm -hmm. tool to be able to Mm -hmm. explore what it means to get angry what it means what to 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 cope with conflict or be or, or be confronted with conflict how do you deal with that I feel like there's missing outlets and explorations in like more therapeutic way I feel like, well, you know, in ways competitive sports helps with that, right? Because it's it is an outlet to like blow out steam. But the only thing for me what the that I that I found problematic in all this is is the competition aspect, right? If we so with Earthbound, what we try to do in the stories, we try to reconstruct the art of fighting, uh, bring in conflict resolution trying to eliminate competition in the wrestling is a really tricky thing in the first place because it's all the foundations of wrestling is about competition. Mm -hmm. Something that I've made peace with over the years is like uh, as a wrestler, because I started, I'm the one who brought wrestling as like, I knew that wrestling was such a powerful platform that we can explore as like a tool of storytelling. Um, But it, it never fit in in the normal wrestling world. It just, it didn't work out. Like people from the scene would just literally tell me I'm not a wrestler, even though, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we earthbound has a ring. Uh, I lived in, in a wrestling venue where we were able to like produce shows and all these things. So mm-hmm. one thing that I let, that I decided to let go is like saying that earthbound is wrestling. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's actually kind of like a hybrid form um of physical theater yeah Mm. it's kind of like you know a a little bit mirroring on like how you try to get your peers' approval you know of like trying to fit in like either like family or school systems or anything whenever something's so different um and then I realized that like I, I was just kind of hitting a wall over and over again trying to fit in in something that just wasn't welcoming me and now I, I'm at peace to just, sure, we're, we're, not, we're not wrestling. We're not part of those old foundations because we literally shattered those old foundations with, what, right. with, our, with our values that we carry forth. No, yeah. you changed the name, which I think is so powerful, right? You kept doing exactly what the fuck you wanted to do. You just were like, okay, you don't want me to call it that. I got to call it this new magical thing. And I think something too that's, that's unique about our approach is is the way that we um, develop our characters and the storylines. You know, they really come from a, a deep place of, of sort of experimentation, self-exploration, and, and, and looking within to, to, to develop these characters that are, like I mentioned before, sort of extreme sci-fi futurist characters, right? That sort of defy normative boundaries and narratives, right? And and through this process, something that's really important about the Earthbound approach is that we have the power to control the narrative, right? About what stories we want to tell, which is, I think, a bit different from sort of mainstream wrestling as, as I understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, because it's like mainstream wrestling's, you know, you you have your gimmick and you're either a face or a heel, you know, a baby face or a heel, it's like good or evil. And with Earthbound, it, what actually what, what it streams from is actually inner mythologies. So it's either playing with your higher self or your shadow self or like 
your alter egos, and, and it brings a complexity and a whole cosmology uh, to your character. So it's, it's really, there, there is no limit as far as how far as you can go and how far you want to develop your character. We're not boxed in whatsoever. Can I ask about that? Like, um, I, love, I love reading about the workshops that you do, helping people and helping yourselves find this sort of personal mythology that you could build. Mm. And maybe you take it into the ring or maybe you take it into your life. And it's a way of like radically reimagining the future and, and imagining our lives. I want to come back to an idea of the body. Like we have these variously, you know, in pain, leaky, chronic pain, you know, broken, powerful bodies. Can you talk about, and wrestling is so embodied. That's what's so cool that you've embraced this as your art form. Can you talk about connecting the body to to a hero journey or, or to an epic sense of self or to a mythic self? Sure, I, I could I could start, but we definitely have we both have things to say about this. Yeah. For um, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow, what a heartbreaking journey, really, because my body is not the same as it was as my the beginning of my of my wrestling career. Right now I'm I'm still healing like from chronic things of like you know a sciatica and plantar fasciitis, which is like a foot condition, like foot condition of like muscle tension uh which affects like uh my efficiency and like my physicality right and Mm -hmm. um I literally have to take breaks from wrestling and go into deep resting states which like really plays with like my value as 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 a as a person who identifies as a wrestler but I feel within cycles if you don't actually take the time and literally take the sacrifice of rest because I feel like a lot of us feel like resting is a sacrifice because we have to stop everything right but it's actually i feel is so powerful and such a there's something really radical about rest that it needs to be integrated in every process and especially with you know even with wrestling and right now you kind of have no choice but to 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 stop sometimes and and not push yourself too much um, because if you do, then your body is so pushed to its limit that you can't actually wrestle again, depending on what level you want to, you want to go, how far you want to push your body. So, but I, I feel with earthbound though, like we want to adapt a practice and we really want to have the safe container that, uh, wherever you are at physically is okay. And we can explore physicality and a form of physical theater that will engage with whatever state you are physically. And that's the beauty of like having more of like a storytelling aspect to the wrestling, because then it's like, it can be anything, no matter how you're feeling. Um, And it could welcome that. It's definitely, I I do feel torn sometimes and confused uh, because I, uh, of, of trying to match my, energetic vitality that like kind of is like stored within me and then not matching up my physical body (laughs) so it's a lot of learning a lot of accepting a lot of patience and and just accepting the form or how my body is 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 acting in at every present moment I think it's like is the biggest lesson in all this I feel like you're also living out a kind of radical form of body acceptance right now. Yes, <laughs> uh, definitely. Right now with like, you know, the Earthbound projects, it's been a couple of years now that we've been kind of underground and growing roots and that and it's been in more in a resting state, but in, in ways also it's been able to uh, hold and encompass this this new decision that I've been taking is like um, letting my facial hair grow, which takes an immense, an immense energy out of me more. I underestimate it sometimes uh, mm. because I'm like, why am I so tired? Why am I like, what, what, like, what is going on? Like, I, I wish I had more drive. I wish I had, but then mm. I'm like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. First of all, it's okay to slow down. <laughs> and 
and kind of just view what's going on, like energetically what I'm putting out there and like what other muscles am I, am I, am I working? And that is definitely the self-love and self-acceptance muscle. It takes, takes a lot of energy uh, just as much as like physical, like extreme workout, you know, uh, energy, um, kind of breaking society's beauty standards and also like building that courage to just even step outside is, is a lot, is a lot. Uh, it's been like two, almost two years now that I decided to let my beard grow um, as a cisgendered woman. Yeah. I'm finally starting to feel like I have more of an energetic reserve to put it, put it back to my wrestling body, but I'm, I'm Mm. just, I'm just starting. And then I feel like life is like opening up these opportunities now that I can actually be more physical and, and push myself in other areas that I haven't in a while, but still, I still need to harness that lesson of not pushing my limits and, and also like feeling balance and everything I do, like, especially like nutrition, hydration, rest, all of that. I have to now really kind of weave that through my new physical, physical body um, direction, or I will not be able to sustain myself um, coming forth uh, in this new evolved earthbound direction um it's intimidating but it's necessary and it's super exciting (laughs) it's it's interesting to me because I feel like within wrestling and without and outside of wrestling Tanya that so much of your work um however it's manifesting whether it's um tattooing which you do or those like um sculptures that you were making of like proud round bellies Mm. So I uh, can, can you maybe get into like why you have such like a corporeal <laughs> focus? Um, like, my moon is in Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. why do I have, I mean, it's just kind of how I express myself is very in the physical realm. Um, and it's how it's, it's the, I mean, I'm also, also very, I have a lot of planets in the third, like third house as well. Like communication is really important to me too. So I feel like I have lots of tentacles <laughs> in many areas. Um, but definitely main, main areas are just like body work or uh, pottery and tattooing um it's it's quite the question why i'm like oh why (laughs) um i feel like i have to sit that one out well okay so maybe (laughs) maybe we can ask maybe we can ask sky sky yeah yeah let's 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 go and visit sky yeah i want to come back to sky and the question that i was asking I mean, I want to I want to take up that question. Amy's question is so good about like why the body work, but also if you can connect that to to the question we were starting with, you know, how do you connect your body to to an epic sense of self or a mythic sense of self? Like, how does that happen for you and your body? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge question. Um, I love it. <laughs> There's so much to unpack and explore there. <laughs> Similar but also different to Tanya about three years ago, I uh, became very, very ill. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia um, and later was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And within sort of like day or night, I was one day able to walk around and do stuff and hold a job. And then the next day I was in bed in chronic pain, unable to cook, unable to take a shower unable to do anything. I mean, except lie in bed and cry. And it was, it was an incredibly quick and painful transition because, and I'm still, so I'm right now lying in bed. This is where I still spend most of my days. Um, right now it's been three years. So my symptoms are starting to get a little more manageable. I'm a little bit more able to, to, to start thinking about, okay, how can I live with a chronic illness? How can I 
you know, uh, live well and, and, and express myself and engage in the world while still feeling like crap every day. Like, you know, the symptoms that I have are pretty intense brain fog some days, you know, where like cognitively I can't even put uh, sentences together, you know, I'll lose my train of thought. Um, oftentimes, uh, the, the pain is so intense that, you know, I can't get out of bed. I lose my balance. I, I mean, for, for quite a while, I had to use a, a wheelchair and a cane. I still use a cane to this day. And so this was a very drastic change from like, I mean, if you go onto our website or anybody who knows Earthbound, I mean, you know, three years ago, I was you know, doing, you know, major wrestling moves with the cisgender guys and giving them the smackdown, you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, dancing on poles. I was a stripper for a long time doing aerial silks. Like I was super active and my body was the main way that I expressed myself right in this world. This was the way creatively I expressed myself, sexually I expressed myself. It was my way of moving and living and breathing in this world was through my body. And the way, all the ways that I knew to be in this world were basically taken away from me, like in a day, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I'm at a point right now where I'm also starting to reimagine, like, how can I be, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of behind the scenes work in, in, in Earthbound, getting the a nonprofit up, getting this grant together, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm also thinking about ways that I can get back up on stage. What does that look like? Like, how does someone wrestle with a cane? You know what I mean? When I can't be going and doing back bumps anymore, like that's just physically not mm-hmm. a possibility for me. And so this is something that's really interesting because Earthbound has kind of always had this like, ooh, you know, like let's think about ableism and how it exists in 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 the wrestling world and how it exists in our creative projects and how we can kind of start opening up spaces where ableism, you know, to, to, to counter the ableism, but, but, it, but it's a challenge, you know? And, and so that's something that I'm really curious and keen to explore. But again, I think resonating a lot with what Tanya said, it's, you know, I earthbound started out with like very Aries energy, like boom, go, nothing will stop us. We will ram through any obstacle. You know, there's, there's nothing that can stop us. We've got fire, 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 fire. Um, and then I can't like sustainably do that anymore. My, my body and my mind will not let me. Right. Um, so what are kind of other ways of engaging in the world while still feeling like I have value, you know, in our world, everything, you know, all the messages that we get from capitalism, from our society. And I mean, this is in our mindset, um, is that we got to grind, we got to go, we got to, you know, uh, push ourselves to the limit and go beyond our limits. Like this is the ethos, right? Go beyond our limits, push, push, push. And that is the key to success. Like if you push hard enough one day, you'll get to this mythical place of success and wow, it'll feel so good. I hope one day. And meanwhile, you're grinding down your body, you're grinding down your mental state, you're eroding your, you know, corroding and eroding your social relationships because you're, you're working so hard, you know? And I think that this was something that really happened at the beginning of Earthbound. And then like when I got sick and also when Tanya started, you know, dealing with some chronic issues as well, it was sort of like, whoa, we need to radically reimagine how we're engaging with our art as a process, but also like, uh, you know, and the production of it, but what we're producing as well, you know? And I think, I think that, yeah, slowing down has been a huge thing. Like there's a pace, there is a pace that, 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 that our bodies ask us to go at that projects like earthbound has a spirit and that spirit has asked us to slow down too. You know, things, Mm. things just sort of seem to kind of want to go at a certain pace or rhythm or cadence, you know, and, and, and if you want to push through that, you know, and, and kind of grind up against it, there's a lot of friction, you know, but if you tune in and you listen and you go slower, you know, sometimes you can't do everything that you might want to do, but sometimes you can do one or two things a lot better and a lot deeper with a lot more authenticity. At least that's what I'm feeling. You know, there's, there's sort of like when, when, when there's no more choice, 
you've only got one choice of a way to engage in the world. And, and, and as much pain as I carry every single day, I am also so grateful for the lessons and the medicine and the gift that this illness has brought me. And I mean, and this is by no way to gloss over like the deep grief and sorrow that I feel every day, every day, you know, but, but I'm grateful for going slower. And if, and, 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 and also learning to tune into my body. I mean, I didn't know how to listen to my body. I mean, I know now that I look back that my body was screaming at me for years. You're getting sick. You're getting sick. Here's a sign. Here's a sign. Here's a sign. And I did not listen. Like I would just, you know, I have ADHD. So I would just like take more Adderall, drink more coffee. I would, you know, um, whatever, you know, I would just push through, I would push through. And I, and it's like, I regret that going back, looking back, I regret so much that I wasn't able to listen. And I think that there's like a body literacy, you know, a way of tuning in and listening to the subtle cues of our bodies that like, I personally was not taught in my family. I mean, forget about schools. We're never taught that in our schools and in our culture, we're also not taught to tune in and listen to those, like our bodies speak to us every day, you know, but, but, but it's subtle. And if we don't have that literacy or that language to decode it, it's really easy to ignore it. You know, Um, can you you tell our listeners like what, because you, you have learned yourself to listen and mm -hmm. most of us don't hear it at all. Can you Mm -hmm. tell our listeners like how, I mean, yours was like, I'm going to scream so loud that you can't not hear me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, maybe in, in pursuit of harm reduction for ourselves for the future, yeah. like what, what, what do you wish you had heard? Like what, what kind of literacy can you, body literacy can you give us? I mean, a big, big thing is, I mean, one of the biggest things when I first got sick was noticing how my thoughts were affecting my pain levels. So literally very, very acutely and obviously when I would go into sort of um, anxiety mode or, you know, ruminative ruminative thoughts, you know, um, panicking about things, you know, I, 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 it was as if there was some sort of switch that would go into my body and I could feel pain just like igniting you know, so, so this way of, it became very clear of the ways that I was thinking about my experience in the world was physically affecting my body. And it became, I mean, it was so loud. I mean, you know, if I would panic, like, oh my God, how am I going to, you know, go get my groceries? I haven't been able to move for a week. Who am I going to call? Oh my gosh, I don't know how to ask for help, you know? And then I'd be in a huge pain flare, you know? So, so, I mean, that was, that was a, a big lesson for me to sort of sit and just see how many of the thoughts that were in the back of my head were actually draining so much energy out of me and also um, quite literally causing pain. So I'm thinking a lot about becoming aware. I mean, to answer your question, one of, one of the big tools that I have is becoming aware of my thoughts and just listening to my thoughts, watching my thoughts and seeing how my body responds to it. Another thing too is it blows my mind to think about how I never knew what the signs of hunger were. Okay. Like I did, I never knew what my, how my body was telling me I'm hungry because my, most of my life I've engaged with eating through emotional eating. So like stress eating or, Oh my God, I haven't eaten in like 10 hours, I got to stuff something in my face, you know, or, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm going to eat like, you know, a big tub of ice cream. But this was like my emotions dictating my hunger. It wasn't my body being like, hey, I need some energy. Can you please feed me some protein? And it was really interesting to sort of make that switch where, okay, now that I'm aware of my thoughts and how my emotions are dictating my movements, my engagement in the world, when I kind of can look beyond that, I could listen deeper. And my body was like, hey, Sky, I'm hungry. You know, and now I know what it's like to feel hungry. I know that might, maybe that sounds very bizarre. I, I, I don't know, or maybe you're resonating with it. But for me, it was like, I mean, I thought I knew what it was like to be hungry, but in fact, it was my emotions being like, eat, ah, you know, and it wasn't my body. I wasn't tuning into what my body was saying. So yeah, I think those are some, some things. And I, I mean, I really, yeah, just taking on sort of a, a, a 
critical awareness of my body and trying to just tune, tune into what my thoughts are saying and what my body is saying. Yeah. I don't know if that, those examples kind of resonate or make sense. Yeah. I think yeah, we're, we're I, all just full body nodding. Yeah. <laughs> we can keep riffing on this, but I do have stuff to say about the hero's journey. So one of the things like the, you know, the earthbound works with is this idea of queering the hero's journey, right? So there's this famous book by Joseph Campbell, a cis white guy from like, I don't know, the sixties or seventies who sort of studied mythology and came up with this idea of like the epic hero's journey. Right. And so there's like the young warrior sets out on a journey, goes beyond the realms of the norm, meets like a, an enemy, must defeat it, comes back to the village and is like the hero, you know, kind of basically. That's very much like a um, patriarchal way of envisioning like the hero's journey, right? That there's kind of this eternal struggle, right? And this is very much present in like, you know, I am thinking about like a lot of people who have Lyme call themselves Lyme warriors or cancer warriors or like, we're going to defeat this and I'm going to get back to where I was before and I'm going to be stronger and better. And like, I don't know. I'm kind of like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to see and listen to what the lessons are, you know, and go slowly and, 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 and understand the process. And, and like, quite frankly, like I'm sick and I am working hard to, you know, um, manage my symptoms, but I don't want to go back and get better. Like it drives me like it, it's like a huge pet peeve of mine when people are like, oh, I hope you get better. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get better. Better is implying that I'm going to go back to some state that I was before. And this resonates so much for me around COVID. You know, you kind of got the camps of people who are like, yeah, back to normal. woo!" And then other people who are like, no, there's no normal. There's no going back to that, to what it was before. And I feel very similarly like that, that, I, I'm I'm much more at ease with slowly going through um, this process of illness and learning to live well in a sick body and gathering bits of knowledge and bits of experience that I wisdom that I can share that I can hold with me. You know, it doesn't have to be this great battle. And I mean, something that I really am learning a lot from like disability justice activists that I'm following, you know, on social media and stuff is that there's no healing for me if there's not healing for the larger systems in the world. I don't want to get better, you know, if there's not sort of accessible housing, affordable housing, healthcare and home care that's actually based in care, you know, and, 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 and humanity and patient-centered and honoring and validating the experiences in our bodies, not gaslighting us. There's no healing until there's like nutritious, healthy food for everybody, accessible for everybody. You know, it's like for me, that's the queering of the hero's journey. It's I don't want to fight something. I want to get together with other people and creatively destroy the systems and the structures that are keeping the world inaccessible and keeping us sick and making us sick. That is healing. Of course, I resonate fully, a hundred percent, on what Sky is saying. Um, I, and I've I've been uh, with Sky since the beginning of everything that's been shifting, and and also learning so much and about compassion and empathy and 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 listening, right? And and what it is to actually be there for someone, you know. Mm. I've been also witnessing a lot of the injustices that surround illnesses and how people are really kind of like caught up in their own lives and they don't just, there's lacking a general sense of compassion in our foundations in our society. Um, and that's, I think that's one of the biggest flaws that we hold in these structures that we are living in. So if I look back you know, now, now I'm like kind of going back to like, when you asked me, why am I so physical in the work that I do? I think it all comes down to um, ancestral reverence. Um, mm. I feel like through the body, through the expression of the body, listening to the body uh, and, and also deciphering and understanding all the lessons that come with carrying pain and struggle I feel it's all kind of, it's all connecting to uh, ancestral lineage, the guilt that we carry, the, the uh, being lineage from colonizers to like the confusion of like 
of having no culture and, and, and trying to figure out like what is our spiritual sense. And then, and then through all these mediums, it just kind of goes back into this primal state. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling. It's primal. It's real. It's mm -hmm. visceral. It's going back to the root. Yeah. That primal core being in my body is very revolutionary for me because growing up, I've always was considered uh, a, a bigger girl or whatever, you know, and, and I've been bullied my whole life and, 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 and being told that I wasn't physically able to be sporty or whatever, always been put down and to realize that, no, actually my body is made to be really physical. I have lots of energy and, and it was a lot of like society's projections that were like, kind of like, kind of pushing me away from, from my essence, you know? And then so then, you know, exploring other mediums as well uh, with tattooing and pottery, especially pottery. I mean, it, it's, I feel like it's a, it's a way that I can communicate kind of in the subconscious. So like a lot of my work is a lot about self-love and self-acceptance. Um, and I was able to kind of transfer that uh, through a, a physical medium by creating these objects, either being belly planters and to really accept um, parts of my body that I've been secretly uh, rejecting or hating or, or just kind of um, holding a lot of society's projections. And then through self-love, then you heal so much through the different layers and, and, and generationally too. So, I feel like that's why I'm, my art resonates and or like streams through like physical avenues is because I'm, I'm trying to get in touch and be connected with a, a body that, that society has tried to make me dissociate from so much mm. in so many ways Growing a beard at 11 was so confusing. It, it was such a big secret that, a secret that I've been holding on to for a really long time. And it was, and it was only what, three, 32, I'm 34 now, yes, that I decided to grow my beard. And when I did that, I feel like I unlocked all my queer ancestors <laughs> in my lineage. Like, just like be mm -hmm. who you are, smash that binary and, and just like embody who you feel like being, which is I'm a bearded woman that like embodies both energies, male and female. And it's, it's never the same. It's always shifting in and out of motion for a really long time. I, I lived in with so much anger, so much anger of, you know, rejection and not fitting in and defensiveness and, and, also carrying this uh, an immense strength and an inner knowing and connection to something that was bigger than me. How I knew that, I just was blessed that I was born that way. You're so good. And you're actually connecting to the exact thing I want to talk about, which is your body as a site of magic. What are times that you've known that what are times that you've felt that? Is there a relationship with your body that's magical? Do you use your body as a tool of magic? And I feel like you're already talking about that. But if, if I can help you connect with that part of the story, that's what I would love to hear you both talk about next, if that's okay. De definitely. I mean, from a very young age, I mean, from like the age of five, between five and seven, I was convinced I was a witch. I just knew mm -hmm. it. I just knew mm -hmm. it. And like, I had weird epiphanies of like, you know, uh, <laughs> hiding, like hiding in the closet and like talking and to myself and be like, I'm going to be a public figure. I'm going to be, but how? Look at my body. I'm so ugly. But then I would like break free and it's like, no, I have something to say. And like, and, and being confused about that and it would come out in all kinds of <laughs> messy ways. Um, but I always held on to this core, this core. I, I, I was always connected somehow. And I, I'm, I'm so immensely grateful for that because that was like that source connection helped me go through so many series of, of obstacles, especially when it came to body image, just because I always found this, this injustice 
of like, why is this person allowed to be allowed to wear what they want? Like, you know, whatever, short skirts, croc tops, whatever, all the things that I wanted to wear. <laughs> but like, people were like, no, no, don't wear this. You're too big. You're too this. You're too that. No, no, no. I shattered that like in my teens. I was like, fuck it. I, I was very, very, very super rebellious and angry and like, unapologetic like to the extreme i had a, like a big huge mohawk i was wearing like stripper boots like at, at like 14 you know like <laughs> really to the extreme but this is i needed to break free and i created this shield i just became this temple of like undestructible force of of i am who i am and i'll be who the hell i want to be no matter what and you will not change me and you will not influence me to be otherwise. And I carried through, carried through. But then I realized I was like holding on this huge shield for so long that like, and, and for me, that was like kind of um, holding this like very uh, outward force, which I associate more to like male masculine energy. It was like kind of like a, a muscle that I would be working all the time by like putting myself in situations or just wearing ridiculous, not really ridiculous things, but just like things that would, be viewed as like really marginalized or, or alternatives, I guess, yeah. or, or eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that is super, super relatable for me because I, you know, I, same kind of thing. I was like, oh, you think I'm weird? I'll show you weird. You think this is weird? I'm going to be the weirdest, you know? And it's mm-hmm. that kind of like, it is, it is like, um, a proclamation, a, 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 a proclamation, a declaration of war, but also, like you say, very much a shield at the same time. Yeah, because there was just so much bullshit trying to penetrate it all the time, right? Like, I just like learned to like really uh, weed out or just like block out all the things people would say, and then if I would be uh, hanging out with people that that are really sensitive to other people's projections they wouldn't they wouldn't know how to oh, did you see that did you see this i'm like nah don't worry about it and that's a form that's a form of magic you know to be able of to be able to hold this protection shield to the point that you you're not affected by the illusions and the simulation that's outside of you you know <laughs> it's like really you're you're like kind of I'm like creating my own reality in ways of, or how I'm, I'm creating this, like this navigation system of, of choosing how I want to interact with the outer world. And then it comes in different cycles in different ways. Right. So for a long, a, a part of my life was like that very like, wow, rebel, doing me, I'm, this is me. And like, Fuck off, you know, it's like, I, I'm not in that energy anymore. <laughs> I realized that my field and my being wanted to experience what it is to receive and to just be, and not just be this like driving force all the time. And so, and that, that's when I, when I saw the magic of slowing down and listening in and, and then realized that like, Oh, ooh, ooh, okay. There's this voice here that's telling me my belly is disgusting and that I need to lose weight and I still have body dysmorphia and I'm okay. Well, this has been so quiet for so long because I'm I was in action mode for so long, so I was kind of like muffling that voice. And now that everything is kind of like I'm not in this outwardly energy anymore. I'm more in this like oh I have to sit here and heal what's talking to me and this is where I've I started to refine my physical practices more and bringing into more of a sacred essence to it just like my tattooing wasn't just this like I'm here to make a drawing on you and I'm so detached from it no it's when my practice of ritual really started to enrich itself um and and my perspective started to change. So the, the initiative uh, ancient art of tattooing and what really that means, it's like this, like energetically, it's, 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 it's huge. You're like, you're, you're marking someone, you're transforming someone's body for life with a symbol. I believe in animism. So I feel like anything, you know, has life to it, has, has connections to everything. And once that perspective is open in the sense of when I, you know, I feel like that, that shift change when I slowed down and was able to just be like, there's no there's no way turning back from it right 
And then with the pottery, well, really bringing that extra physical physicality to it, making the belly planters and actually, okay, sitting there and, and making something and being like, I love my belly. Really? Do, do you love your belly? Yes, I love my belly. Not, not fully, but I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> like I'm, I'm making that extra material move, which is alchemy. It's magic. When it's coming out from your head and you're actually exposing those, those voices that you've been put, casting aside because you're either ashamed of them, right? Because you're like, no, no, I've got this. Yeah, I know I'm confident. Yeah. A lot of people tell me all the time, wow, you're so confident. How do you get your confidence? So then you don't necessarily want to like highlight those, those times that are like, you know, in secret that you no, know, actually there's so many different angles here that you don't see and sharing like writing. I, I started a TikTok and about, you know, being more open about my beard and my process and being vulnerable has really unlocked a different layer and a different level of self-acceptance is when you start sharing your experience, sharing your story and being honest, you know, out there, out of your head, out of, out of your, your body as well, because we trap emotions in different parts. And when we release them and, and we share with love and acceptance, that's where the real, real powerful stuff, powerful magic really starts emerging and, and, and working. Yeah. Maybe we can ask Sky about this too, like the magical body and radical self-acceptance and how these two things intersect. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely intersect. I'd say that, you know, one thing, oh, there's so much to say. Well, one thing I'll start with, uh, I'll start with this. One thing that for sure has happened to me since I became ill is that I have become much more disciplined in my daily ritual practice like it's become an anchor for me like disciplined as in as in this is me being dedicated to myself right dedicated to show up as much as I can I mean sometimes if I'm lying in bed and I can't leave even if it's just taking a moment to be like I'm connecting in with my guides I'm connecting in with my ancestors you know even if it's 30 seconds that's my daily practice and it's been years that I've been saying to myself, okay, you know, I've gotten these messages, sky, sky, you got to have a daily practice. This is, this is going to help you, you know? And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. And then, and then I do it for a bit and then I'd let it go and then I do it for a bit. But it, especially like being ill has in a way pushed me into having a regular practice because I notice very, very clearly the days that I, when I do not connect when I do not make and carve out intentional ritual space and time that my symptoms are worse, hands down. I mean, it's as simple as that, you know? So, so again, another one of these gifts, you know, is that there's uh, something that I've wanted to do for a long time, but I have been pushed into doing it. And I think taking, taking that time. And I think the biggest part for me is being really gentle. Like what's the phrase gentle tenacity, you know? So, so some days like, I can't, you know, get up and 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 sit at my altar and and do a whole elaborate thing. If I can just sit and close my eyes, that's enough. But it's really I think about making an intentional connection and that intentional space is me connecting to my body, is connecting to my guides, connecting to the earth. And that for me has been incredibly powerful and has been an anchor. The amount of grief that I've lived with in the last few years has been enormous. I'm currently living with my grandmother. I had to leave my job. I had to leave my house. I gave up my beautiful, precious cat babies. I gave away all my plants, which were also my babies, you know, and I had to leave everything so I could move in with my family to be cared for. You know, um, I was lost. I, and I still feel lost. I mean, we're all lost in many ways, but this was like seriously lost. Like, what is my life going to become? Who am I going to be? Who am I? And I think that it's in those times of change, like all of our bodies, all of us go through change, right? That is, that is the only <laughs> thing that is continuous is change, right? And, 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 and the way that we engage with change will affect how 
what medicine we can get from it, also what harms it can do to us, you know, how we resist it or how we lean into it. And for me, my magical practice has been huge in terms of understanding and seeing and listening to the opportunities that change brings. It's opening my eyes. It's tuning in and like my ancestors being like, hey, there's this going on or hey, there's this going on. You know, the earth speaking to me and saying, wow, I'm so glad that you are taking the time to actually genuinely connect with me. I know you've been trying to do it for a long time, Sky, but you've been mostly doing the gestures. You're doing it authentically now, or you're deepening that practice, let's say. I'm not, you know, there's always deeper to go. There's no sort of yes or no. You can always deepen that practice. And and so, yeah, I think it's been an anchor for me through change. And I mean, this is something that I didn't realize, you know, in my able-bodied state is that all of us will get sick. I mean, most of us will get sick or disabled at some point in our lives, right? Aging or otherwise. There's this sense of like, what have I lost? You know, but also what am I gaining? What new opportunities or ways of inhabiting my body and engaging with the world are there? And my magical practice has helped me find that. That's been the biggest thing. And it's been the biggest anchor how do you be at peace and calm in a body that is like, has a million sirens running off uh, all the time? You know, how, how do you find a moment of calm there? And I mean, you know, basically you can't, but you can sometimes go into that moment of calm and then you're swept back out. And, 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 and my magical practice has helped me find that pathway back to that sanctuary, right? Back to that place of refuge, where even though there's, you know, pain and confusion that I can sit in that sanctuary and I can connect to it, even if it's for a micro moment. I would love for us collectively to head towards as like um, something we leave our listeners who are here with us and in their bodies and in their ears. And so, so, so many of them experiencing chronic pain, the rates of chronic pain are insane. If we can, as we, as we bounce towards the end here, think about solstice. And if you have a thought on a way that all of us can maybe on that solstice, as we listen to this episode or in the days surrounding it, maybe have a ritual or a practice, maybe it's something from wrestling or something you're doing that brings us back home to our bodies. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I feel like the foundations of all of this is really about finding your inner sanctuary, like you were saying, Sky. Mm-hmm. And it's really the foundations and the fundamentals of like what we're trying to 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 bring with Earthbound, right? Is to find your inner ally so you don't feel alone in all this. So if, if you're like going through chronic pain, you're going through a transitional state, you're 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 going through there's a huge storm all around you, at least you can find your center and, and go within and feel bewildered by the stories to discover within yourself. And I feel like that's what pulled me through in many different ways I had to try to discover to find a nice sweet spot within but i feel like it's where it all comes down to is like feeling at ease and feeling safe and in, in at home which is our bodies no matter what state it is yeah i just want to like have you repeat for the back row find your inner ally find your inner ally find your inner ally i want to carry that with me like for the rest of my life. I do want to, <laughs> I do want to tell a quick story though um, to our listeners. Tanya and Sky were there, so they know this story, but uh, before the pandemic, these two came out to my place for a uh, uh, it must have been it must have been Sawwin because it was yeah. very ancestor focused, the two of you yes. firmer than I. <laughs> and Tanya and Sky if this was so this would have been, I guess maybe about five months after my father died. And Tanya and Sky showed up to do some ancestor veneration. Uh, Sky, I don't even think I had ever met you before, Tanya. It was no. very, very like acquaintance, mutual friend kind of thing. Um, so these two virtual strangers showed up at my house. And what they brought with them was, and this is a fact, my father's absolute favorite dessert as an offering to the ancestors. And that experience again, contending with the, with the grief and the relief 
of my father dying and, you know, the light and the shadow of all of those feelings. And to have the two of you show up bearing his favorite dessert. And I'm talking favorite. I'm talking like he would talk about it. We would get it at Christmas because it was a big deal. Um, It was so validating. And I just want to sort of, I I know we're wrapping up, we're getting to the end of the line here, but I just really couldn't let this opportunity to thank you both pass. Thank you for that opportunity to meet you and, 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 and do that ritual together and, and connect about our, you know, common, common ancestry as well. Right. From Eastern European descendants. Yeah. Makush Bagley. <laughs> I can still taste well, the bagel. Yeah. I mean, this is like kind of like the, the classic <laughs> tale of how the ancestors work through us. Right. It's like a whole yeah. team of them that are, that are kind of like conspiring and weaving these connections and these webs of support. So thank you for uh, sharing that and how much it meant to you and to uh, your father that uh, we magically appeared with this, but it was definitely meant to be. (laughs) It it felt, and like I say, validating is the word that I, because it was Mm. just like, it was, it was a message from the universe and from you and Sky, but also from my father that just like, yes. Just like a yes, you know. I propose we put that in the uh, altar or in the ritual space for your Lisa rituals. Is eat your ancestors' favorite desserts, please. Mm. Or bring oh. your your ancestors' favorite desserts to a friend and see if maybe it was also <laughs> your ancestors' favorite dessert. <laughs> the, the more dessert, the better, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, the sweetness of summer, you know, is, 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 is mm-hmm. good. Bring loads of fruits, right? I mean, it also, it also symbolizes the fruits of her labor, right? It's, it's a perfect time to to bring that symbol on the summer solstice. I'll just tell you this quickly and then, and then I want to hear Sky what you're thinking. But we, um, a year ago, we were in the midst of a, of a renovation here out at our house on the lake. And I went with my like one-year-old daughter and salvaged all the wild strawberry plants that were going to get crushed by this renovation. And we made a little strawberry patch and we made her a little sandbox and nothing fruited last year. But this year, there are so many strawberries in this mm. little patch, like more than anywhere else. And so I think there's something there as a lesson for me right now that's just tending to them and gathering them in a space so that they didn't feel alone and they didn't get crushed meant that they offered a wild abundance of fruit. And your patience. You didn't mm. say those fucking mm. strawberry plants last year when they didn't fruit, you know, you <laughs> You gave them their time, the time that they needed. Yeah. That that resonates a lot for a lot of us. I mean, I feel over the past year, we felt like we were, we didn't really fruit. <laughs> and, mm. and, and, and there was a lot of, there was a big pause in, in our production, right? And now I feel like there's just some really juicy, sweet lessons about to emerge honoring this, you know, new cycle in the summer solstice of 2021, slowing down, pays off. Yeah. And I want to sort of conclude with these two words from Sky, um, Sky that you said earlier, gentle tenacity. Mm. I'm going to carry that with me into my summer solstice and beyond. (laughs) Right. I loved it when you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Be tenacious, but be very gentle. And caring with ourselves, yep. Stick to it, keep going, keep trying, but yeah, forgiveness, patience, and love to ourselves and others. And Tanya, find your inner ally. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that definitely, that is uh, something we've worked on, worked on together as Earthbound. This is what we've explored and refined yeah. and what we're trying to teach. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're bringing it into another uh, another level this summer we applied for a grant uh, what's the exact grant called the sky so it's with the city of montreal and it's for um les pratiques artistiques amateurs so amateur arts practices cool 
And it's a, it's a community based. Yeah. It's a community based grant. So it's for doing community arts practices that involve people from different um, neighborhoods in the city. It's for a, um, a youth camp for marginalized LGBT, uh, two, uh, two S LGBTQ plus youth. Um, and, uh, we're doing, it's kind of the pilot 2.0. We're going to have around 12 participants and we're going to, it's going to be a series of workshops, either clowning, drag, wrestling, wrestling, uh, <laughs> storytelling, costume, all these, just so they can actually really dive deep and, uh, explore their inner ally, which is, you know, their, the character that they will be creating, they become uh, in the, their inner ally. They become exactly, it. They embody it. From, they express it in the material world. Yeah. Yeah. And in ways we're going to, you know, share so they can tap into their inner reserves, which is their inner ally and unlock that and bring it into the physical realm and, and, and uh, yeah, bring that material magic, that inner alchemy and bring it forth and share the inner alchemy so if our listeners want to find out more about your project or if they want to support you what's the best way to find y'all um you can go to um www.earthboundfutures.com yeah and we're also on facebook uh, I believe it's earthbound futures you could do a search and we're also on instagram yeah. earthbound futures mm-hmm Exactly. Be adding updates about the summer uh, summer activities there, and uh, mm-hmm. we're collaborating with this amazing um, non- uh, like collective called Press Start that um, that right now they're operating at Bessemal Set, which is another one of our partners. We're going to be doing um, the the summer camp at Bessemal Set Point Saint Chal, and uh, it's yeah, it's what an honor it is to see the project expanding in different corners with other really radical folks that hold so many talents. Um, And yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's, it's really inspiring and exciting and also a little scary, but like the good stuff, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And And the best part about, I think one of our big motivations for this camp is to also create activities and spaces for queer, marginalized, trans youth, it sort of create these spaces that we never had growing up, right? Like spaces mm-hmm. to explore and experiment and tap into that magic, like their own personal magic and their their inner ally. You know, how powerful, I mean, how many times have Tanya and I spoken about how powerful it would have been if I were 16 and I had had these tools? Like my life would be radically different, you know, and, 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 and doing it in a way that's like fun and expressive and joyful and joyful. We need space for, for joy, for, for, for marginalized youth, you know, for them to feel like they have a voice and that they have spaces to, to, to express themselves. And, and we want to help co-create that with them. To cultivate that, the playfulness and the innocence, right? Keep that intact. Keep it alive. Yeah, and, and, and have a safe space to explore that. You know, it's a safe space to, to grow and body who you really are and your authentic self, which I feel generationally there wasn't enough spaces in like the educational systems to, to be able to, to hold that or, or, or support that. And so exactly what was Sky was saying, I wish I had, this is why we're doing this. It's like our 16-year-old selves wish that this would happen, you know, that they would have been part of that. If I would have seen someone like me, the beard, you know, a cisgendered person with a beard um, and, and as an 11 year old, 12 year old, I, it would have totally changed my, the way that I viewed myself or how I loved myself or accepted myself, but that's okay. It's just, that's what I had to go through. And now I'm at a point, we're at a point that we can share our tools as, as witchy queer elders, you know, we want to create these, <laughs> we're learning to be elders, you know, and I think a lot yeah. of that is about enabling and helping empower uh, the future, you know? You know, it, it has been described as a science fiction project. And I think like even science fiction couldn't possibly put a limit on what Earthbound Futures can do. I, I love that you put futures mm. in, in the actual title of your project, mm. because it really just seems like it could expand into anything and everything 
Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you thank so, you much, so for much, much for having us. Again, for being here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, huge circle of like. <laughs> yeah. I hope that listeners feel all the richness and all the futures, and that you find and follow and support this magical work and go deep into your own beautiful strange powerful magical bodies and take that sacred rest to listen to what they're saying to you so that you can be the powerful ancestors that we all need you to be thanks for being here everybody happy, happy lisa, lisa. you must be a witch Hey friends, if after listening you find you want a little coven loving in your life, check out our sponsor, Foxglove Farm. Use offer code MISSINGWITCHES to get some of that handmade, ethical, awesome, witchy goodness in your life. Send us your reviews on whatever podcast service you use. Um, And if you want to read the book, gosh, we'd love to send it to you. So find it, tell us what you think, um, and share your thoughts on Amazon or Goodreads. And and yeah, see you out there. We love you. Be safe. Bless if I can be.